You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. Hello, I'm Superbose. Welcome to this Future Net Zero podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Karen Brock, Customer Campaigns Lead at Water Plus. And we're looking at something that we all need to really consider. You know, what are we doing with water in our organisation, whether we're a school, a hospital, a fish and chip shop, an office block? It's the most precious resource we have. We've had all the stuff around the energy bills, and we know that there will be a support package coming for us all around that, but that's time limited. But more than that, water is one of those things that we've probably taken far too much for granted for too long. It's pretty cheap, if we're really honest about it, and it doesn't really feature when businesses are thinking about it, but it's one of the sustainable development goals for the UN. It's a vital resource, and as we change, we try and become more efficient, things like that leaking tap, the way we use water in industry, will come more and more to the fore. So we want to explore some of those things and go through kind of some quick wins and things you might be able to do to help your organisation manage water. So Karen, thanks very much for joining me. Lovely to be with you today. Let's talk about that to start with. Um, In terms of your customer base, uh, just for people who are not too familiar with Water Plus, can you just give a little rundown of kind of who who you serve, what sort of areas and whether you're kind of dealing with small or, or larger businesses or across the board? We have a very large customer base and we have customers all over England and Scotland and our customers are all sizes. So we have got sole traders up to your large multinationals, your public sectors. So across the across the board of industries there. When it comes to water, I think what I've said is probably fair, isn't it? But kind of take it for, for granted. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, like you said as well, for a lot of businesses, water is quite a small overhead. Um, yeah. And sometimes that can mean that it's overlooked when you're looking at your budgets and things like that. What's the main issue with water? We've had a summer, which, you know, I'm old enough to remember the summer of 76. It was very similar to that. You know, there's a lot of rain around now and people going, well, hang on, why did we have a, the bans when we've got so much water in this country? That's not really necessarily the case, is it? We're not, even though we think there's enough rain, it's not always distributed around the country to say that we're not sometimes in, in possible drought or, or risk with water. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a few there's a few different things going on there, isn't there? We, we're getting a lot longer, drier summers. We're getting very heavy winters with lots of rain, but that doesn't always result in the reservoirs filling up in quite the same way. And um, what we're trying to focus on as a water retailer is how we can all help reduce that consumption on those resources because water is a limited resource, um, and we hear lots of things around this how we need to be more efficient with our use of it. We can't keep taking it for granted that it's just always going to be there. It's not an infinite resource available to us. Uh, before we talk about what you're specifically doing, what, why do you think we've got that view of it? Is it just because of kind of, it's the nature of it, isn't it? You turn the tap on, you only notice it when it's gone. Right? I, was, I, was in, <laughs> I was in Italy earlier on this year and the block I was in, in the, in the town I was in, lost water. 24 hours do you just realize how 
often you use little bits of it without even thinking. Forget what you're drinking, you know, to, to brush your teeth, flush the loo, all of those things. Oh, just wash some vegetables. I can't. I haven't got any water. It's, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? We just assume it's always there. Yeah, we take it for granted. And, you know, when you've been on holiday, like you said, you go to other countries and maybe their networks aren't quite as reliable as ours. Maybe their water that comes out of their tap isn't quite as clean as our water. All of those things we do just take for granted because it's there. It's so easy for us. Part of this change is obviously that we now know that there is water stress. We, we've probably known it for a few decades, but it's really come to the fore. And you can see it in parts of the world. And we felt it this summer when we've had things like the hosepipe ban. What are you doing? Because what's thrown at you know water, the water industry, not just retailers like yourselves, but obviously the, the supply companies is that you know there's too much leakage going on. And I know that's not directly your own, but you're part of the sector. And often people go, actually, what are water companies, what is the water industry doing about dealing with kind of water stress and making sure we're not wasting it? Yeah, so as a retailer, we are playing that role of highlighting the steps businesses can take really to be more efficient and also highlighting where water waste can happen on site. So, you know, we're, we're working with some wholesalers to identify sites where there might be unusually high usage. Um, so where the reads of the meters are spiking, suggesting there's a hidden leak somewhere. And then we're reaching out to those customers to check, is that a real issue or is it is it normal for you? Maybe you've increased your production or something during that time. And we have a dedicated advanced services team who work with customers to resolve any of those issues, but also put in preventative steps. So we'll put in, uh, we call them data loggers, which are, they sit on the on the network and tell you exactly what water is going through the network so you can monitor your usage. What are you doing specifically to help your customers? It's a tough time now for all of us. And as I said, yes, water is a smaller part of the bill compared to energy. But, you know, the cost from uh, the pumps and all of that that goes on, that that there's a cost for water that we don't probably think about, right? The water that's coming out. But there's also a cost to the business for running things, the heating, you know, the hot water that we do. So talk me through some of the things you're doing to help your customers use water better. So as the campaign lead, I'm very passionate about how we communicate the efficiency messages out to our customers. So over the last year, we've been running a Be Wise on Water campaign across all of our channels, specifically really social channels. Um, and as part of that, we've been highlighting a lot of the simple tips and I suppose support things that customers can do to just educate them on much water they're using. Maybe there's small things they can put in place on their fixtures and fittings to actually reduce water consumption things like taparators they make can make such a big difference to how much water you're actually pumping out when you go to wash your hands and we've also been really encouraging our customers to like start taking note of what water you're using so if you can take a water meter read take them regularly submit them to us because that will mean then when you're getting your bills you're only being billed for the water you're using we're not estimating how much water is going through your network and, you know, but it will also help you spot if there's any hidden leaks somewhere because suddenly your reads will be higher than they were. You talk about taking readings there, Karen. So what would you do with it? Are you going to sort of, because most of the time we think, you know, a retailer like you, you just look at my reading, give me a bill. Will you help me? Will you sort of 
say, hang on a second, Jill, why is your water high? We've noticed a pattern here. Something, will you come and send someone? How does it work? Yeah, so that's something we've been working on with a lot of our large customers because we've been getting more data from them. And we're building up our teams to actually start analysing some of that data, which sounds very data sciencey and very geeky, which is why we do it. And then what we're doing is we're looking at, so if you have got large usage on site, we can come out and we can look at your site and we can advise you on the best things for your premises, because not all water saving devices work for all sites. So, you know, you can have special toilet devices, but it will depend on what toilet you've got. So you kind of need those experts to come out and have a look. Um, we've recently done some work with some organisations. We'll go around and we'll, we can spot the leaks on site and we can do things there and then with partners to get those water saving devices installed there and then to make a difference for you. Is that only for big ones? What about smaller ones? You say you've got so a variety we're, of We're starting it off with the big customers because right. we've got the data. And then it's finding the mix that will work for the sole traders and things like that. Yeah. It's a little bit of a different proposition. So it's something we're really investing in at the moment. And we've been doing quite a lot of research with our customer base to find out how much are they willing to give us in terms of data? So our customers, how many customers are happy to submit a meter read to us so we can start to gather that data? And we found reason, we did a survey with a group of customers on this, and it was 43% were actually quite happy to submit a meter read to us. And of those ones that are submitting it, they are finding then that even just by tracking their own usage, they're able to save water or they can see the difference of doing things like turning off the taps when you're washing your hands, things like that. I mean, these, these, it sounds trite, but things like that, boiling the kettle with just a, enough water for what you need. Do they make a difference? Yes, they do. I have, I've been trialling the kettle thing at home myself and I have noticed our water bill's gone down by about £5 a month just by making sure you're not overfilling the kettle because sometimes you'll tip that water away. It'll go straight back down the drain because you're not going to use it again or making sure you're turning the taps off when you're brushing your teeth at home is really easy. In the workplace, it might be you find people are running the tap until they get cold water out to drink. If you can put some sort of system in place where you have cold water there so people don't take what they need, it all starts to add up. All those little changes yeah, that's very true, start right? to make a big impact. I've just done that here in our office, trying to run it to get some cold water. And these are the things. But a lot of it, unfortunately, is not in the hands of businesses that rent like us. They're in the hands of the landlords you know, that, that, that we rent. And as you talked about, a lot of your customer base is why. I get it. The big ones can put these measures in. What can smaller ones who perhaps rent do I mean, I suppose if you're lucky enough, you could have a relationship and a, and a chat with your landlord, but not always the case, is it? No, and I think that is where we've got to start working with the facilities companies as well to do more in that area. And it's a it's a thing that, you know, we've been talking to lots of businesses to try and get that feel for even how many customers are in rented offices or are struggling because of the type of buildings they're in. And that's all part of the research that we're doing at the moment to try and so that we can make more for the bigger range of our customers, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. I suppose the thing is also now, with what's going on, everyone's talking about energy. Your water is energy, isn't it? There's an energy to heat up the hot water system. They are linked, and it's quite interesting when you don't, you don't think about the fact that running the hot tap, you've got to use the energy to get to the hot water in the first place. And it's not just heating the water, it's getting water around the system. Yeah, so if the pump, you can reduce yeah. your hot water usage, you're inevitably going to reduce your energy costs. 
What can we do? We look at things like insulation when it comes to our heat. Are there measures that people who have got control of their buildings, so if you own the freehold, public sector body or business as such, are there things they can do to try and detect leaks better? Uh, is there insulation for stop freezing pipes, things like that? What, what, what measures can be done to all kind of help with water efficiency? Spotting leaks around toilets, spotting toilets that are constantly running. They're all things that you can get your employees engaged with, really, because it's quite hard for a facilities manager to always keep on top of that. So one of the things we've been publicising is posters that you can put up to tell people, you know, what to do if you do spot water on the floor or, like we said, a broken toilet or a dripping tap. Because the more you can recognise these things, the quicker you can react on them. And especially if it's your hot tap that's dripping, like you said, you're then burning energy to constantly push that hot water out. What do you think we need to do overall when it comes to making sure we've got adequate supplies in the future? As I said, we are a fairly wet nation, but there is water stress. People have talked about the impracticalities of a water grid, but maybe we'll need one that gets built. But overall, we're going to have to think about it in a much more sort of you know, holistic way, I suppose, the way that people have thought about energy in the past. You're going to have to start thinking about water in, in that way because prices are going to go up, resourcing costs are going to go up, uh, efficiency is going to be a very important part of what everyone does. And if we're going to get to net zero, water has a part to play. And it is. It's about changing our the way that we are, the culture that we have with water, um, just the awareness of it. Like you said, with energy, people are a little bit more aware now. Don't leave the lights on. That's the kind of natural habits we've got to start forming with water. Um, there's things like if you can take the rainwater off the roof of your building and use that yeah. to maybe wash yeah. cars or water plants, all those sorts of things that might sound a little bit out there, they can make it start making a big difference. Why should a business do this? Because people, as you said at the start of the conversation, it is a good function of the, the, the market that actually water is a very relatively small cost for most businesses doing things like you've talked about rainwater harvesting aerators all of those sort of things they cost money don't they there's an investment and someone might sit and go actually do you know what it's not really worth me forking out because i don't pay that much for the waters how do you deal with that economic one which is is there a return on investment argument for this so when when i've looked at the tap aerators a single tap aerator is a few pounds and you'll make that back within, well, within a few months, if you're because it's just going to reduce the flow of water coming out. So I think for each business, it is about the specific items that will work for their business and their amount of water flow. So it's all in relation to the cost, isn't it? So for each company, it's going to be different. Someone who uses a sole trader who uses a lot of water will find that they'll get the payback from a taparator a lot quicker than they might from a urinal control. Whereas someone like a school, you yeah. probably get their money yeah. back a lot quicker on a urinal control. So there's loads of different things out there. And I think that's where we as retailers are taking on the challenge that we've got to educate people on what is out there that people can use, that people can install themselves fairly cheaply. But like you said, get that big return on investment back from. My last question is, well, why do you want to bother with any of this? <laughs> Don't get the wrong way, Karen, but your job is to retail. You, I could say to you, you know, you, you know, the, the, the water companies are responsible for getting that water and doing all that. You just 
you know, you sell it to me, make you make your money and be happy. What, why do you want to do this sort of thing? I think there's a there's a natural thing around there about this is our environment. So we're all environmentally conscious to some level. Are you passionate about water? Yes, we are. You know, we live and breathe this stuff. So when we start reading about water scarcity and things like that, it does bring it home and you really think, oh, I've got action on this. And it's about caring, really. Nobody wants to see water running down the street. So we've all got our bit to do in stopping that and protecting our resources. That's a good place to end. I really think, you know, we've got to think about it in a much more kind of precious way. Karen, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Sima. It's been great. You have been listening to a promoted podcast from Future Net Zero. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com.